You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Ethan Haristadulu. You guys are watching the Greek's Gridiron. And it is May 3rd, 2021. We are now just a couple of days removed from the NFL draft. Rookies are now flying through teams in the NFL. Teams are excited. Some teams might be disappointed. Maybe the fans are disappointed. The league has been shook up. Nonetheless, there is so much to talk about going on in the NFL right now. Uh, So we're just going to dive right into the thick of things. First things first, I'm going to lead things off with the question of the day, which has to do with quarterback Aaron Rodgers. It has been the topic of conversation since it came out last week that Aaron Rodgers has told the team he does not want to be there anymore. So there's a lot going in with all of that. So my question of the day for you guys Does Aaron Rodgers play in Green Bay next year? And if not, where do you think he's going to go? There's some favorites leading into this whole thing. So we will get into that discussion right now, right away. So picking up from where we left off last week on Thursday, as we sent our way into the NFL draft, I I mean, it was like this came out literally hours before the thing started. And it was it was literally mayhem going through the news there as if the draft isn't exciting enough. Having a story like this lead off like it is just I mean, it just clickbait in news articles left and right when this thing popped off and, and it just got crazier and crazier as we went into the draft and as we progressed through the draft as well. Uh, so Let's just kind of circle back, get a little bit of understanding of what's going on here, and then we'll kind of move things forward with the conversation. So Aaron Rodgers, he wants out of Green Bay. He had individual meetings with both Matt LaFleur, the head coach, GM Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, the president of the team. They all flew out individually to go and speak with Aaron Rodgers about just, you know, the whole entire situation and everything. And this has been through the entirety of the offseason. They've kind of gone out one by one to speak with him. And apparently he has told them all flat out he does not want to be with the team. Now, the tipping point for the whole uh, issue that is going on with the Packers versus Aaron Rodgers type deal here is basically the drafting of Jordan Love last year. Now, the conversation for this uh, that I thought was rather surprising is is apparently, according to Ian Rappaport, this whole thing kind of could have been avoided. I don't know how much I buy into everything that he said on Twitter earlier today, but in a couple of tweets, he was talking about that apparently last year, The Packers were going after both Justin Jefferson. They were actively trading for him. And then on top of that, they also wanted to get 49ers wide receiver Brandon Ayuk as well. So they kind of, uh, they were apparently in trade talks to get the pick that that the Vikings landed to get Justin Jefferson. They watched the Vikings go ahead and draft for him. And then on top of that, uh, they also were very interested in Brandon Ayuk. He went off the board. And according to Ian Rappaport, that's kind of what ultimately led to them going after Jordan Love and trading up for him. Um, I don't know if I buy this because that's that's very weird. How do you go from, okay, we need weapons to, all right, let's just get the future quarterback that we're looking for instead. You know, that's very weird to me. The only way I can really make sense of that whole thing is if, you know, they, 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 they watch two people high on their draft board go before them. So they kind of jumped in a panic mode and maybe went after a quarterback. But again, it does not make sense because how do you go from your, your whole like draft logic being, we're going to build a, you know, we're going to add a piece to the wide receiving core, help bolster the roster that Aaron Rodgers is playing with. And then next thing you know, you, instead you're drafting his heir apparent, uh, you know, obviously Rodgers wasn't coming off as strong of a season last year, but 
It still does not make sense to me. Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback, whether he's winning the MVP and having a year like he did this past season or the year prior. I mean, he's a top five quarterback, no discussion about it. So it, it does not make sense to me that you go from seeing two guys that was supposedly ahead on your draft board being wide receivers, and then next thing you know, you're trading up for somebody like Jordan Love. I don't buy that, but that, that's according to Ian Rappaport. I do want to make note, though, that you know since this whole thing is going on, the Packers did draft Amari Rogers in the third round this year with pick 92 so you know it might be too little too late but they are at least making an effort drafting a skill position but it is still not the player that they were looking for in the first or that at least Aaron Rodgers is looking for in the first round that tells them you know we're invested in you here's a guy to to you know add to the already prolific offense you had running this past season um, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports also reported that Aaron Rodgers has told the team officials he wants Gutekunst fired from the Packers and that um, he apparently won't return to the team as long as he's a GM. And that's per an unnamed source from Charles Robinson. That right there has been a con- like, like a very contentious topic of conversation that I've seen so far. Everyone seems to be going back and forth on, you know, whether Aaron Rodgers is kind of out of line saying something like that. Uh, I, you know... It's hard because Gutekunst has honestly done a very solid job. They've built a playoff contender team. And on top of that, that, you know, you, you've made it to the NFC championship the last two years. Last year, you were only, you know, seven points away from, or, you know, eight points away from winning the game per se. Uh, so, and, and the roster is very good, at least where they are right now. And, and apparently that whole thing is obviously stemming from the mistrust of Aaron Rodgers having with Gutekunst and not believing in, in him and, and, you know, believing that he's trying to get rid of Rodgers there. So, you know, is he out of line saying that? Maybe to an extent, because, you know, he is only a player on the team. He is just the quarterback. I think it's a rather insane that he's going out of his way saying something like, I don't want you here, especially somebody who literally, you know, works the entire like background of the team. You know, the GM is, is he's a guy that is deciding people that are coming in and out of the team, you know, writing paycheck, you know, things like that. So like, you know, rather crazy that this is supposedly being said, but of course this is from an unnamed source as usual you know stuff like that you kind of have to take with a grain of salt can you really buy it or sell it not really because who's it coming from is the person even credible if it is actually coming from somebody you know or is it just something and I don't want to like go after anyone's credence here as a writer but you know who knows where this information is all coming from and if it's true how true it is if the truth is being stretched at all things like that you know you never really know with this kind of stuff I feel like as soon as the Aaron Rodgers news picked up the clickbait just started flying all over the place with this whole situation. Now, let's talk about a few other things. So with this whole controversy going on, let's focus in on, you know, because Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there. It seems to be very clear. He does not want to be there. And, and that's not a secret anymore. So what does Green Bay do with this whole thing? Um, you know, you really have two options, You, you which is... It, it sounds like force Aaron into retirement because he's claiming he, you know, he won't be a part of the team as long as Gunta Kunst is there. I mean, you know, do I buy that he's going to just go into retirement? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers has so much left in the tank. You know, if he really loves football the way I've seen him talk about it before in interviews and things like that. I feel like he would have such a hard time just stepping away from the game flat out and letting last season coming off the, you know, one of the best years of his career, if not the best, and then just walking away from the game and let it be done just like that. You know, I, 
I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, that's like how that would turn out. I don't think that that's a possibility. But at the same time, he seems like one of those people where if he's saying stuff like this, he's going to go for it. And, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to pull no punches. He's going to walk out on the team and be done and that be the end of it. If his, if his trust is really that broken in Green Bay and, you know, he's, he seems like a person who's going to stick by his guns. He could walk away. But at the same time, the way he talks about loving the game, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers not playing next year. I could be totally wrong, though. Who knows? I don't know Aaron Rodgers. You know, if so, I'd be very, very intrigued to see how the Packers handle a situation where Aaron Rodgers just flat out retires and that's the end of it. And, you know, if it's a, this is like Brett Favre 2.0, and this has been something that's been stressed a lot as well. But I mean, it really is turning into that on an, on some extreme levels to the point where Rodgers is threatening retirement. Brett Favre did the same thing and retired and ultimately ended up getting, you know, he ended up going to the Jets. So, you know, it's like history is repeating itself in one of the wildest fashions in front of us all. So, I mean, ultimately, yeah, you could force Rodgers into retirement. That's not the ideal situation because I feel like nobody wins there. The fans don't win there. Green Bay doesn't win there. You know, Rodgers doesn't win there. I don't think anyone wins there, and that's not something the NFL, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, or any fans want to see have happen. The alternative, which in my opinion, you know, and I've st- I stressed this on Thursday, you drafted in Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. You traded up to get back into the first round for Jordan Love. Right that like that right there shows that you are all in on Jordan Love being a guy. If Rodgers wants out, I understand he just had this crazy MVP year and maybe that's kind of like shuffled up the process you guys were initially going with trying to face him out of Green Bay. Just let him go. His stock has never been higher. Matthew Stafford went for two first-rounders and a third-rounder. Granted, Goff was in that trade as well. Rodgers goes for three first-rounders minimum. Minimum. And and there are teams that, you know, before this draft had the capital to offer them a crazy amount of picks for him. Like, Like I was saying before the draft started, realistically speaking, if the Jets wanted to, they could have called Green Bay and been like, here's five first round picks. Give us Aaron Rodgers or the 49ers apparently called on Wednesday. You know, what is it going to take? They were willing to, instead of going after Trey Lance in the draft, just go all in on Aaron Rodgers. You know, like there was opportunity there to get an absolute treasure trove of picks and you ultimately don't go with it. And now the only real thing that I can see making sense of that whole situation is, is, is it's all about dead money cap numbers and things like that. So if a trade's going to happen, probably going to be post June 1st. And the reason for that is the Packers end up only getting hit for about 14.3 million in dead money, as opposed to like the 30 some odd number it would be if they were to uh, trade him pre June 1st. So I think that's kind of the whole thing that's holding the issue back. Uh, but it's, it, that would probably be the more likely window is it's going to be like a mid, mid to late summer, you know, June, July, maybe August, if they want to really wait and go through the preseason process first, that's kind of how I'm looking at all of that. Now, as far as realistic places for him to go, like what are the teams now, the, the ones that I've seen pop up for, through a handful of articles, and that really makes sense to me, Broncos definitely makes sense. The Broncos are a team that have a history of bringing in a veteran quarterback, a la Peyton Manning, building a nasty defense around him. And the defense literally carried him to a Super Bowl because he was hurt like half that season as they got there. I'm a big Manning fan, but even I can sit there and admit the Broncos did a phenomenal job building a monster unit around him for them to win a championship, even though he wasn't even playing his best football going into that Super Bowl. 
Um, the Raiders are another team that have popped up. This is a team that, according to what all the sources are saying, were really in on the whole quarterback scouting thing as we got through the draft process. They were really doing a lot of research on someone like Trey Lance. So this is a team that, from what they've said, is happy with Derek Carr, but it sounds like based off the work that they were doing through the scouting process as we head into this draft and like through free agency as well, they were in on a lot of discussion for quarterback. It sounds like if the opportunity presents itself, they are more than happy upping the game and, you know, pulling out a big offer to bring in somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you know, and John Gruden and Mike Mayock seem like the duo that would be willing to roll the dice on something like that. You're in Vegas, kind of a new era for the Raiders. So, you know, what better way to really get that that whole new era rolling? New, You're going to have fans in the crowd, things like that. You know, this, this season as it's rolling through, you have a really good opportunity to kind of set a tone for Las Vegas as the Raiders, you know, going forward, bringing in somebody like Aaron Rodgers. It's like a big money deal. And I could totally see something like that. Now, the other team I saw on here, and this is probably not going to happen because from what it sounds like, you know, Russell Wilson and it's the Seahawks. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks seem to have kind of smoothed out their issues that they were having as we got into the beginning of this offseason before free agency kicked off. Um, I don't I don't think this is going to happen. But the scenario of, you know, being floated that like they just swap QBs, Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson to disgruntled quarterbacks going to, you know, successful organizations both would probably be happy with the trade Uh, you know that's something that would be like that's such a headline grabber and such a big news type deal I would love to see it but that's not something that I think is likely again Russell Wilson and you know has had meetings with Pete Carroll and the brass it seems that they've kind of figured out the thing he likes the direction they're going now they have worked on pass protection for him like he had been talking about so it seems like they're they're really trying to gear things forward and just you know move past the whole issue that Russell Wilson was having with the team and keep Russell Wilson there in Seattle and not have to kind of even though it's not really a full-blown reset you're you're swapping out the biggest position on your team you know you keep Russell Wilson the guy who's been there who the system he's been in the system for all these years now at this point you know it's it having Aaron Rodgers there would not be a bad thing but I mean Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are kind of in that same category of top five quarterback would Aaron Rodgers be an upgrade for Seattle I I mean that's kind of just like apples to oranges you know what do you prefer kind of deal but I think that realistically speaking that's probably not something that's super realistic and happening I I would love to see it but I just don't think that that's how it's going to be so for me personally I think the whole Aaron Rodgers situation it it needs to be just handled in a trade it's probably going to be after June 1st when the salary cap rolls over to the next year Uh, you know the the money just makes sense there are teams that still need a quarterback Denver is probably the most likely place and I say that because of the history because of bringing in Manning because you know John Elway that's just he's the guy that wants that that he wants that that that's just sounds like him that just sounds like him and you know that man they have a really solid team they went so defensive heavy in the draft and now like just thinking the more I talk about it and say it out loud like him ending up in Denver next year just seems like more and more of a possibility the more I say it and I would love to see him in the blue and orange that would just you know that would be an awesome thing to see maybe they switch back to like having just the blue unis as their home thing because you know the orange was brought in for Manning so let's switch it back over to the blue and have it roll from there whatever they do over in Denver I'd be all for but Denver's probably the more likely area there's there's a couple other teams I could see maybe making a run for it but like that that quarterback market has shrunk significantly significantly since the draft because you know everyone that needed a quarterback except for like Houston 
got a quarterback and and they did get Davis Mills but I at the end of the day like it sounds like Deshaun Watson might not be playing next year so they don't really have anyone in the cupboard outside of Tyrod Taylor which how much does he have left in the tank you know he's kind he's never really had a a full opportunity as a starter so he might have one there but you know Houston's a, Houston's a team um I'm just thinking like who else needs a quarterback at this moment <sighs> feels like a lot of teams in the league are actually settled in the quarterback situation like Houston's like the only real question mark right now I guess Indy if they really wanted to do like a big thing you know I don't know if even if Green Bay would even entertain bringing in Carson Wentz but like if Indy wanted to do that if they were you know it sounds like they're settled on Carson Wentz though I mean that's like the only somewhat possibility and I don't think that would happen yeah Denver's like the only likely place and I guess Las Vegas that'd be the only two way like the only ways it goes he's going to be going west in the AFC that's the only realistic possibilities I could see but Aaron Rodgers being traded from Green Bay I think that's best for everybody that's involved in that whole situation there so that's what I would like to see Aaron Rodgers just out of the NFC North go to a team that needs a quarterback he's not going to go to Detroit he's not going to go to the Vikings or something like that you know I, I was you know those are two teams in the back of my mind that are ready to you know maybe move on from the quarterback they have if the op- opportunity was there but you know they're and the Lions are saying that Jared Goff is their guy but I don't really buy that uh, but that's kind of the whole Aaron Rodgers situation and where we're at right now. I'll be following this the entire offseason because I, I have a firm belief Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be out of there after that June 1st date, and I'll be interested to see where he ends up going for sure. Now, beyond the Aaron Rodgers drama, just some league news before we get in a couple of the topics that I really want to talk about with you guys today. Uh, first things first, Thursday Night Football uh, it was supposed to start in 2023. It has been pushed up to 2022. Amazon Prime Video will exclusively be streaming Thursday Night Football starting next season. So not the one coming up, but the following season, the 2022 season. NFL announced this earlier today. Uh, for those of you that maybe missed it earlier in the summer, or I guess earlier in the spring now, not summer, uh, earlier on in the spring, once uh, you know the offseason started to roll through, it was announced the NFL signed you know massive multi, multi-billion dollar deals for uh tv rights and things like that amazon prime won the uh the uh, opportunity to be the sole provider of thursday night football games and it was announced to be starting in 2023 but now it's being sped up a year i guess a deal got done with fox for them to relinquish the rights uh at the end of this season as opposed to the following season so that's going to be um that's going to be interesting because for me personally i thought that you know the i like the idea of it 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 feels like things are trending more forward in that direction where we're going to have less and less Cable feels like it's almost kind of dying at this point. And it's not like a, it's going to be soon. It's like a slow bleed type of death. You know, you see more and more people tuning into things that are more streaming based services. I mean, I'm a big Hulu person. Uh, Netflix is, is fine. Not for me, but I'm a big Hulu person. Disney plus is really cool, you know, and, and seeing like the ESPN plus things like that, which ESPN plus is heavily rumored to be like where the NFL Sunday tickets going to be going. Should that come up and expire with direct TV, which, we did a video on that. DirecTV needs to lose their rights to that yesterday. But, um, you know, I think it's it's kind of just part of the process of how we're kind of moving into a more digital age and people are moving more towards streaming their content as opposed to watching it on cable television. And ultimately, down the road in a handful of years, do I see, you know, cable television as we know it not really a thing anymore? Yeah. I mean, just about everything I watch for me personally is internet-based and and I prefer internet-based watching as well. If you have good internet, 
internet streaming quality is just as good as cable. And honestly, you can get things in better quality because for those of you that did not know, the majority of things you think you're watching on your 4K television is not actually in 4K. Nobody broadcasts higher than 1080p. And so your 4K television is not upping the quality like they pretend. Anything you watch on television is in either 720 or 1080 format, no matter how good your TV actually is. But when you're watching things online, you know, it, depending on what the what the production of it is and, and, and how and like what it actually is, you could realistically watch things on 4K through the internet. Not so much so with cable television, though. Nobody is watching anything on cable TV in 4K, no matter how good you think your TV is. Those 8K TVs, that's a waste of money as well. Um Outside of that, though, another big thing. This is a this is kind of a blow for the Titans. This is this this just came up, but like a little bit over an hour ago. The Tennessee Titans they've they they struggled with the whole draft woe with last year's draft. Um, what was it? Isaiah Wilson, their first round pick, offensive tackle. He ended up you know not working out with the team due to personal issues. They ended up trading him away to Miami, and then he you know he ended up being cut from Miami, and you know he had a whole thing go on with him. Now they're edge rusher Rashad Weaver that they drafted in the fourth round you know this is this is about as despicable and low as it gets and you know I I can't even believe this he's been charged with simple assault on a woman in an April incident now to put it into perspective here Rashad Weaver is 6'5 270 pounds okay that is a large human being he was identified by witnesses, so this is like, there's people that pointed the finger at him as punching the woman Demetria Navalis, I believe is how that's pronounced, who was diagnosed with a concussion, and she also has obtained proof that she was pregnant when this happened. She just recently found out she was pregnant, and she was. And the, the way the dates line up, apparently when this happened, she is also pregnant, so it's like... Dude, and on top of that, he was quoted as telling an off because there was an altercation at a place, and apparently, you know, Rashad Weaver was heard saying that, you know, you know, he's not afraid to hit a woman if they if they need, you know, if it need be or whatever. Like, dude, come on, you are a monster of a man size wise. You're gonna go around swinging on women? Like, come on now, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. So, I mean, the, the Titans stated that they were made aware of the situation this morning. Um, and, and you know what? At this point, like, that's that's the end of his career. There's no way. There's no way something like this goes down. I mean, if the NFL decides that, you know, oh, a few games, like, no, he's straight up, I'll hit a woman if I need to. Like, that's insane. That's insane to me. And, you know, it... it, it the, he's a he's huge like he's huge I don't like I don't really know what else to say with that I mean he was identified by witnesses there's no real like there's no out on this and I mean so I, I'm interested to see how that goes I kind of have a feeling I know how it's gonna go or at least how it should go but um yeah you know unfortunate for the Titans organization because they've been having an issue the last few years with their draft picks but like dude come on now like you're gonna hit a woman if 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 need be like that's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous. Um, that's like the only real news going around the league right now. It, you know, everyone's just kind of sitting there discussing, you know, draft picks and things like that and picking out like who they believe is going to be busts and whatnot. So, uh, not a ton going on right now. It's really just like draft projections and predictions based off like whose career is going to be better and whatnot. So, I went through NFL.com and I uh, pulled some stuff that we could talk about today. So I put together a little uh, graphic for you guys that we can go ahead and talk about here. Uh, my keyboard keeps messing up on me. 
NFL.com released their first power rankings, a way too early power rankings post-draft here for us to be able to go through. And I'm very intrigued by this list here. So let's talk about this a little bit because some of the people in these positions here, or some of the teams rather, interesting in my opinion. So at number one, honestly, like numbers one through four wouldn't really argue. Number one, Tampa Bay, obviously Super Bowl champions. Kansas City, I would say, are right behind them at the number two spot. Buffalo, Green Bay, the losers in the championship games, I would literally put them right in those same spots as well. Baltimore and Cleveland fall into place after them at five and six. Then from there, LA Rams at seven, Seattle at eight, San Francisco's at nine, New Orleans at 10. I would argue that I think San Francisco might be a little bit high there. They're coming off, you know, a six and 10 season, and a lot of people are going to argue that you know this is a playoff ready team but at the end of the day the quarterback situation isn't really you know figured out who knows how Jimmy G is going to play coming off of the you know kind of like tumultuous season that he ended off with last year so you know I would probably put them a little bit lower somewhere like mid-teens maybe lower teens but like the mid-teens 13 14 15 16 somewhere around there maybe Uh, New Orleans at number 10. This is one that I'd also argue as well. Doesn't really make sense to me. Granted, the entire team is really good, but at the end of the day, the quarterback position is so important. You can like... like a good example of this is like when you look at what Andrew Luck did going into the Indianapolis Colts his first year, he took a team that went from 2-14 and 14 to 11-5, and five, and he had a lot of deficiencies on that team with his play. Like a quarterback can make such a big difference for a team. And, 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 and Jimmy G, I guess, is like a good example as well because the year prior – before him getting there, like, you know, the 49ers did not look great. He started the last six games, won six straight. They went to the Super Bowl. They lost him six and 10. Like, you know, so there's, you know, Patriots, another one, dynasty type team. You know, they were 12 and four the year prior. They lose Tom Brady seven and nine. So, you know, quarterback makes such a big deal for the team. And and for me, New Orleans at number 10 does not really make sense there. Again, another team I'd probably move into like the mid-teens area. Pittsburgh's at 11. I think that's a good spot for them. Tennessee, uh, that's probably a good spot as well. Indianapolis, I would probably put Indy over Tennessee, and this is not me being a Colts fan over uh, like Tennessee or anything like that, you know, AFC South rivalry. This is more so me just looking at it in terms of like Tennessee lost a lot. Indianapolis really didn't, and Indianapolis had a pretty strong draft as well. Uh, you, you know, Caleb, the whole Caleb Farley thing has been something that like people are kind of split on with Tennessee, so I don't really know how that whole – like. I just think Indianapolis would probably be ahead of Tennessee per these like way too early power rankings. That's kind of where I would fit them. Miami's at 14, Los Angeles Chargers at 15, Arizona's at 16. I would push Arizona up a little bit higher. So like you have somebody like San Francisco and New Orleans in the nine and 10 slot. If you slid them back, you know, Arizona goes up to like those higher teen areas. That's probably, or even like somewhere like 12, 11, if you, because like Pittsburgh and those teams would move up a little bit there. Like San Francisco, New Orleans, you got to knock down and move some people up. Uh, Arizona, I think is rated a little bit low here. Minnesota, New England, Chicago, Las Vegas. I think these guys, these teams are right where they need to be new england's a big question mark with the quarterback obviously they brought in mac jones but is cam newton really going to be better than what he was last year you don't really know until the season rolls out so that's something of interest to me and something we'll kind of have to look at but i think that you know from like 17 to 20 i definitely would agree with these 21 22 you know honestly like and people would probably argue that dallas is supposed to be higher but honestly 
you know, Dallas was two and three when Dak Prescott was there. They went really defensive heavy in the draft, and I give them major props for that. I'm a big fan of what their draft looked like because they needed to work on that defense. But until we see results, I think Dallas is in the right spot. Same with New York. Atlanta, Washington football team, in my opinion, should be above Dallas and New York. That's something that doesn't make sense to me. They literally won the division. And you bring in somebody like um, Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback there. You know, going from Alex Smith to Ryan Fitzpatrick is about like, that's about as even as a swap as you could have for a quarterback. So I think that works in my opinion. I don't understand how you would rate Washington below the teams that they beat out for the playoff spot. It it doesn't really make sense to me there. Again, Dallas had a really good draft and so did New York. The rosters look a little bit loaded, but like you also want to play off a bit based on like Washington's defense is the best defense out of that division. So I, you know, like that's just, that's just a weird thing for me. And they, and honestly, like Washington was a team that had a good off season, good draft or solid draft, I would say, and then really good, like free agent pickups for the team. Like, I just don't understand where that whole, like how that all equates out to being set up that way. Uh, And then the bottom of the barrel teams, I think are as about where they should be. Philadelphia could probably be lower. Uh, Denver, New York Jets, Carolina's at 28, Cincinnati at 29. Uh, I think might, I think they deserve to be a little bit higher, but I, 29 is is fair. I wouldn't argue that or die on that hill. Jacksonville at 30, Houston is probably the biggest outlet. This one, they should be 32. I I understand that the Lions are going through like a full rebuild, but they're in a better quarterback situation right now with uh, Jared Goff than Houston because if what everyone's saying is true. Houston might not even have a quarterback next year, at least. I mean, Tyrod, I don't, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. If somebody wants to argue with that, I mean, go for it. But that's something that's kind of a question mark to me. I don't really understand that there. Uh, I would put Houston at 32. Uh, And again, not me being a Colts fan saying, you know, forget Detroit, uh, forget Houston, but um, Houston is probably the number 32 team in the league. And I think just about everybody would argue that. And if I was a Detroit fan, I'd be scratching my head a little bit as well. I think the Detroit Lions roster is a little bit better than Houston as well. They have some people there. Uh, so that's the power rankings here. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to do a power ranking. I don't know if I'm going to, or at least anytime soon, I would probably do a power ranking as we get closer to the actual regular season. Like I think power rankings make sense as you're running through the season, something so early. I, I don't know. Like right now it's just like, it's kind of just like picking names out of a hat, like, and fitting them in where you think they belong, you know, it, it's interesting to look at, sure, but in my opinion, power rankings don't really make sense until you get closer to the regular season. Like preseason, once you see some people doing some stuff, like week two or three of the preseason, or oh no, there's only two weeks of the preseason now. So like week two of the preseason or so, you could you have a good idea. Yeah, right before you get into the actual regular season, but that's the power rankings. Those are my thoughts on there. There's a couple of teams that you know. Overall, I think the list is solid. Um, again, there's a few teams that don't really make sense to me. You know, the the line, Houston should be number 32. I think Washington football team should be at the very least like 19 on this list. If I'm going to really sit here and look at these numbers right now, you know, I would put Washington right at at 19 or 18. You know, they were a playoff team. I don't see why they're below teams that were not a playoff team. That doesn't not really make sense to me. They have a killer defense. Um, I would put Indy over Tennessee, uh, San Francisco and the, and the uh, New Orleans Saints. Both those teams got to get knocked down into the mid teams and everyone from there below them needs to get shifted up at least a spot or two. Then, you know, overall, though, the list is really strong. Like, I think the top like eight teams, I you know, you could argue like a spot or two here and there, but overall solid list, you know, not too much to complain about. There's just a few questionable ones there, in my opinion.
Now, outside of the power rankings, the little last tidbit that I have for you guys on the show before I send you off for the rest of this wonderful Monday, we are going to do a top five best and worst picks from round one of the NFL draft. And I think I'm probably going to do this for each round as well. This is something I had a little bit of fun putting together, put a little bit of thought into it here. So I think we'll start with the worst first, and then we'll go with the best and we'll start from lowest to highest. So at the number five spot for the worst picks in the draft, I'm going to go with Green Bay picking Eric Stokes cornerback at number 29. My reasoning for this is because I, Aaron Rodgers needed a weapon. I feel like if you went after a wide receiver in this draft and, and showed him that you were committed to him and you went after a piece, and I know they got Amari Rodgers in the third round, but if you went after a playmaker in this draft – I feel like some of the issues we're dealing with right now, but like the story coming out right before the draft almost felt like Rogers trying to force green Bay's hand. Like he was like, okay, I'm fed up with this place, but you know, maybe if you got like, you know, not, and, and I'm not saying he's saying this, but at the, at the same time, you got to think, you know, if they went after somebody in the first round that improves that offense, maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't so sour. Maybe this, you know, appeases him a little bit and the issue isn't as grave, but like, you waited till the third round to really work on that offense there. I just, I don't see how that really works. Like again, so that's my number five pick. I, it, the, the whole, it, it's the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. Why I have that sitting there at number five, number four for worst picks. I'm going to go with Jacksonville drafting Travis Etienne. Now the reason this is a good pick, but it, it's not what they need, you know, they have James Robinson. He had a thousand yards this year. He was really good at running back. I know that like, he's not quite the home run hitter that Travis could be, but I think that there was, a, there's a lot of holes on that Jacksonville team that they could have went after here. And, you know, I understand the Clemson connection with, with, with uh, Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, that makes sense all in well, but there's just a lot more they needed on this team. And it feels like the basis of this pick was, oh, let's bring Trevor Lawrence in and let's bring his running back with him. That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate, you know? So I, I don't know. I I understand the logic of where they're coming from, but there's just so many needs on that Jacksonville team they could have targeted. When, when you're picking in the first round, you're looking for somebody that's going to be your starter. Like James Robinson and Travis Etienne, they, like they can, they, they're going to be like, I would assume some sort of split rotation unless they're just going to plug Travis in and let him be the number one guy and just forget everything Robinson did this past season. I mean, as a Colt fan, I watched what he did to us, you know, so, and I, and I, and I keep, I kept tabs on him as well. He was, he was very impressive. So it it, kind of a head scratcher did not really make sense to me there. I didn't really love the pick. I understand the logic behind it though. Um, New Orleans at number 28 for number three here, uh, Peyton Turner, the DN that they drafted uh, a lot of people's consensus on this one was that he, you know, could have been picked up later maybe in the second round, you know, he, he wasn't as a high of a priority pick that he needed to be right here. They, they wanted to get an edge rusher. I'm assuming because you never know how long Cameron Jordan's going to be playing left or how much playing time he has left. So, I mean, I guess I can understand it. I think that there might've been some better options they could have gone for beyond Peyton Turner. There was a handful of some impressive guys going early in the second round at the edge rushing or like that, that position or in that realm of position that they could have gone after. Uh, for number two, as the worst, I have Las Vegas picking Alex Leatherwood at offensive tackle. Uh, at number 17, this is one where Alex Leatherwood would have been there in the second round for them. I don't think they needed to, maybe they would have had to move up, but 
They wouldn't have had to give up a lot for him. He wasn't somebody that was graded first round, and they picked him mid-first round. Uh, I, I think it was, it was either Mike Mayock or John Gruden. I can't remember which one exactly, but they came out and said that, you know, I, I understand a lot of people were going to question this pick, but we wanted him. We thought he was the right guy, so they took him there. Well... Uh, to be fair, you guys had a lot of questionable first round picks uh, a couple of years ago. So, and how's that working for you? Uh, and then my number one worst pick out of this top five uh, is going to be Cincinnati at number five drafting Jamar Chase. Now, I understand why they went after him. The LSU connection. He's the best wide receiver in the draft. He sat out a year and... Joe Burrow got hurt last year because of how bad that offensive line was. They did a little bit in free agency to kind of help with the offensive line. I know they, they you know, they worked on it in the draft later as well, but you know, it, you can have as many weapons as you want on a team. If you can't throw the football because your quarterback can't stay upright, those it does not matter what weapons you have. We just watched a Super Bowl where one of the better offenses in the last, one of the best offenses in the last years, excuse me literally got shut down because of poor offensive line play. There's no shot you beat any of these strong NFC defenses. If, if like some, by some miracle, the Bengals end up in the Super Bowl next year, there is no shot that that offensive line holds up against a Rams defense, the Buccaneers defense, and a few other defenses that are in the NFC as well. The NFC has some strong defenses. The AFC seems to have like the potent offense right now. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no shot Cincinnati makes it, you know, Without a solidified, powerful offensive line, there's nowhere they're going to go. Now, it's funny because when we flip things over, you guys will be interested in hearing what my number one pick is. Now, let's talk about the top five best. Uh, so at number five, I have New England at 15 taking Mac Jones. I really like this. I think Mac Jones fits the system they have over there. Uh, I have a feeling all along that this was Bill Belichick's pick. He had 20 successful years with a quarterback of similar traits as him. He was the most accurate quarterback in college, which Bill Belichick, I'm sure, loves. And on top of that, the photographic memory thing, I don't know if that was really blown out of proportion or not, but if he's a guy who can get a playbook down and get it down quick, that's all at Bill Belichick's alley. This is like, it's just, it's, it, it, it has the makings of a successful recipe and I'm sure the product is going to be good down the road. I really feel like Mac Jones, he even said it himself. This is where he wanted to go all along. I think this was a really good fit for both of these people. Then from there at number four, I have Atlanta picking at number four, tight end Kyle Pitts. Now, up in the air, what's going to be going on with Julio Jones? Um, you know, the, the, some of the higher ups have been talking about how you know they, they have been listening to offers on Julio Jones. I think this is a perfect like swap where you know if Julio Jones is not going to be on the team next year, in comes Kyle Pitts to kind of make up for that. They lost Austin Hooper previous offseason to the Browns. He's over there now, and so you kind of you know didn't really have somebody at tight end. Hayden Hurst was there, but they just opted to not take his fifth year option, and you have somebody like Kyle Pitts now. I think that, you know, this is kind of something that he's going to be a generational talent. Everyone's kind of at the point where, you know, Kyle Pitts is going to be a great football player. And he was about as sure of a pick as Penny Suell, honestly. So, you know, this is, I think, a really good spot for them because this gives them the leniency to move on from Julio Jones and it not hurt as much because you have Calvin Ridley, who's really coming into his own. You lose Julio Jones, but in comes Kyle Pitts. I think this works out really well. Matt Ryan, I think, still has a good few years of football left in him, at least like two or three. So I don't think quarterback was a pressing need and it did not make sense to me why 
people kept mock drafting the Falcons to draft any quarterback in this draft. They're, Matt Ryan's still a solid quarterback in the league. You know, it wasn't too many years ago when he was league MVP. I, you know, I don't think he's fallen off of that much since that time. Um, going in at number three, shout out to my Indianapolis Colts at number 21. They picked up defensive end Quiddy Pay. Now, I did a Colts breakdown here, and at first I was a little like miffed as to why Indianapolis did not go offensive tackle with the pick. But then between this one and their second round selection, you know, they did bring in Sam Tevy. I think he'll be a serviceable guy at left tackle. There's a few guys that are also still free agents that you could maybe plug in. I've been seeing a lot of people keep saying Eric Fisher, Eric Fisher. I mean, if he's healthy and he's able to play next year, that would not be a bad pickup for them in free agency. But um, I like this because this is a commitment to the edge. I was worried because we lost Justin Houston and the eight sacks he put up for us last year. Really good for the Colts edge rush. You know, so this is a good guy that can you can plug in and, you know, he can take that roll up. And I mean, he was he was the the at least from what I was seeing, it seemed like he was the best edge rusher in this draft. So I'm excited to see what he does in Indianapolis. I you know the I, I it's taken me a little bit to kind of digest the pick and really look into it to appreciate the pick more. I like it. I think it's really good. And you know, it's it's a team that's you know in the playoff hunt that wants to make it to the Super Bowl, recognizing we need a stronger pass rush to stop some of these crazy powerful offenses we have in the AFC. Um, at number two. I'm a very big fan of this pick because it was the Dallas Cowboys owning up to, you know, the deficiencies that this team had, and they went defense in this draft. But at number 12, taking linebacker Micah Parsons. This was a big pick for Dallas. This was a this was them, you know, showing that, yeah, our defense, is, you know, it has the name value, it has the money, but unfortunately, it's not producing to what it should be. So it, there was a lot of defense going for Dallas in this draft, and I'm very, very happy to see that because Dallas is a team that should be really good with everyone that they have on paper and the money they've spent on that defense but it has not been this is a commitment to you know and an honest evaluation of okay our defense needs to get better they didn't go after a wide receiver like some people were saying or like or something outlandish like that like they 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 went after the team needs and linebacker was a big one for them and I'm happy to see them get somebody like Micah Parsons I think he'll be really good for that defensive unit down in Dallas now my number one pick matches my number one pick in the in the top five worst picks of the draft. It is Detroit going at number seven, picking offensive tackle Penny Suell. Now, no matter who took him, this was going to be my number one. I am a Colts fan. I saw what happened when Indianapolis drafted Quentin Nelson. I am a big fan of offensive line play. When you have a generational talent like this one, Falling in the draft, especially to number seven, because I thought he was going at number five and maybe even earlier that earlier than that. If somebody got really cute and really, and this was before like pre 49ers trade, if some, like I, I initially thought the jets were going to take him at number two before the, you know, the pro days and everything were going down. And then all of a sudden Zach Wilson was locked in at the number two spot. I thought Penny Suell was number two off the board behind Trevor Lawrence. So whoever was getting him here, I'm a big fan of, you know, I, Penny Suell is going to be awesome. I would be legitimately shocked if it doesn't work out. You could see how excited Detroit was to be sitting at number seven and getting Penny Suell. I don't think that they imagined that even in their wildest dreams. That's like a fantastic fall for them. You know, it solidifies a position of need, protecting the blind side of the quarterback for the next like 10 years minimum. You know, as long as he stays healthy, that's a 10-year career right there. I'm sure he'll get an all-pro vote or three, and he's going to be a monster at the tackle position for Detroit. Shout out to them for going 
Nolan Wright and making that selection. I know for a fact teams were on that phone calling them, trying to get that pick. They held their ground and they went after a generational talent like Sewell. And I think it was, I think it's going to work out for them. I really, really do. Big fan of the offensive tackle pick there at number seven. Cannot go wrong. But with that being said, that's pretty much it for the show. We're about 45 minutes in. I appreciate anyone who took the time to watch today. As always, make sure you are liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing the uh, show if you really enjoy what you're watching here. Uh, I do have merch now. If you guys can see, this is the the Greeks Gridiron t-shirt that I wear. Super comfortable, great quality. Uh, if you are interested, you can reach out to me and we can talk about getting you one if that's something you would like. Remember to check out our pages on Facebook, Instagram, tw- Twitter. Uh, I post stuff there, you know, reactions to things going on, what, what not reminders as for the, when the show goes live uh, or for when like I'm putting up clips and things like that. So if you guys want to follow me on any of those, feel free. Uh, And then one more time, question of the day, the hot topic going around the NFL right now. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to suit up in Green Bay next year? Do you think he's going to go somewhere else? And if you do, where do you think he's going to go? I have a feeling probably going to be Denver. I feel like all the ingredients are there to make that happen. It's just a matter of post June 1st, when that money flops over into the next, uh, the next year's cap. I really have a strong feeling Aaron Rodgers is going somewhere and Denver seems like a prime location for him to be. But outside of that, thank you all again for watching. Enjoy the rest of your, uh, what is today, Monday. Have a good one, everybody.